Satra Amistrobin Hazarta. Satir Give me the power I beg of you! Awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. This is Jennifer Lovely. This is Rias Hall. So Rias Hall. <laughs> what have you seen lately? Boy, I haven't seen that much. Me either. <laughs> I watched a movie before I left the house called Zoe, which is a love story between Ewan McGregor and a girl robot. <laughs> it was okay. You like your Ewan McGregor movies. You know, I'm... Not as much anymore? Not as much as I used to. Oh. He has angered... I don't think he's angered me. I can't be angry at someone I've never met. Yeah, you but, can. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about Mr. Yeah. McGregor right now, but I have seen every film he's done. Even the really, really terrible ones. Even the ones that were 15-minute short films that he directed that aren't available anywhere. Wow. I have them. I have seen all of them. So, just because I'm having a difficult time with some actions he took regarding his lovely wife. Yeah. Of, like, 22 years His or wife of 22 years that he left for a woman that looks just like him, except 20 years younger. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, you and... Yeah, I got <laughs> problems with that. Um, but I'm working through them. <laughs> I'll uh, never stop. This is why I always get crushes on fictional characters instead of real people. Because because if they were going to horrifically disappoint you, they'd have done it in that 90 minutes of movie. Or that book. Or that book. A fictional character, <laughs> you could just stick them in your head and they do whatever you tell them to. Yes. <laughs> Um, we finally finished season two of Legion. Um, the only thing that made me really sad is we had the last two episodes left and we kept coming up with excuses not to watch them. And it kind of took us out of the Legion zone. Okay. I really enjoyed the second season. I enjoyed the last two episodes a little less than I had enjoyed the rest of it, but only because we kept delaying watching the last two episodes. And I right. think that was really the only thing. I just finished watching Pose, which I really liked. I am. Um, it's on my list because I just want to support. You know, yeah. It, there's like 500 LGBT people yeah. working on that show yeah. in every role, from writers and directors through actors through set dressers, and I think that's really important. Also, yeah. the message of the show is specifically targeted to gay kids living in small towns who don't think there's anything else in the world for them. Yeah. And the message of the show is sometimes you have to make your own family. Yeah. And it's and it's a show that at least this season has largely been about kindness, mm -hmm. which is not a thing you see all the time now. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm also watching a show which is mostly about unkindness called Harlots, <laughs> which is on Hulu. But and pretty clothing the and clothing powdered wigs. The clothing is so beautiful. <laughs> and the stories are kind of fun. There's an evil, an evil old woman who runs a brothel, and there's a younger woman who runs a brothel who's not as evil, but she was raised by the evil woman. It's all soap opera. <laughs> I would it's say it is a lady soap opera. soap opera in fancy costumes, which I enjoy. I have not seen anything for Documentary Corner. I have. Um, I went to see Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh, how much did you cry? So fucking much. <laughs> so fucking much. And you know what's really nice is, you know, going into the movie theater, that anybody else you see in that movie theater, if you are all there to see Won't You Be My Neighbor, the story of, mm -hmm. of Fred Rogers, they're your people. They are just, they are people that, that they loved Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood just as much as you did. And this woman that was sitting there um, was a school teacher. She's like, oh, I don't have any kids, but I loved Mr. Rogers. Aww. And we like had this wonderful conversation about, 
you know, the kindness of, you know, Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. I have a story about Mr. Rogers that I really like, but it's a weird story. I had a friend who back in the, well, I had a few friends back in the 80s who got diagnosed with HIV. Yeah. And this was back when it was definitely fatal. And we were all feeling really bad. And he invited us over to his house one day and showed us the Mr. Rogers neighborhood about death. He focused where on his it, goldfish he fo- dies. He focused on. Uh, he had a whole week where he focused yeah. on death. Yeah, he showed us like one of those episodes, and we all sat there and watched it and cried, and we all felt better. Yeah. Well, except for the guy that was going to die. <laughs> no, he felt better too. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that showed us the film, but we were all able to cry and to talk and to be talk through it after that, which yeah, even as adults is hard to do. Yeah. It was so thanks, just, Mr. Rogers. Yes. He just, it was just, it was wonderful. And it, it made me cry even more so for the fact that they asked his wife, like, what would he be doing now? And she's like, he'd always been optimistic. He always mm-hmm. looked for the best in everyone. And she, even she said, I don't know what he'd do right now in our mm. current political climate. I don't know if he could have stayed optimistic during this oh my god you know when when the spouse of mr rogers is like i'm sorry the shit's gone too far yeah (laughs) but um and it's gone further i'm sure since it was filmed because this was before the thing with the migrant families being separated oh god yes oh yeah yeah you know but mr rogers did not need to see that no uh so i really enjoyed that and i also watched um not uh, documentary. Um, boy, I forgot to do my Jen's. Jen's Documentary Corner! After the fact. <laughs> it's like two million degrees here and our brains are a little baked. So Completely! So you're just going to have to settle, deal with that for this week. <laughs> we'll try meander. to be better next week. We're going to meander. <laughs> just going to hope for the best. Just going to hope. We're just best. hoping for the best. Uh, the other thing I did see was um, Nanette, Hannah Gatsby's. Oh, I watched that. That was fucking awesome. It was. Uh, a little gutting, um, but it's very much about the story of women, about about not normals in society, mm-hmm. and every variant of them. Yeah. And and how difficult it is, and how, yes, it's very u- easy to use humor as, um, to lighten the mood. To di- yeah, to but, shield it. Yeah. But that's because you're only telling half the story. Exactly. So it's absolutely wonderful, yeah. And and I think everybody should watch it, and it's just was was wonderful. There will very likely be tears shed. I don't know if you watched all the way to the very end. Um, after the credits, the very final moment is the sound of a teacup being placed in a saucer. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> I watched that, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. But I can't watch that now because I broke my favorite teacup this oh. week. I had this beautiful you Russian teacup. <laughs> you don't know the half of it. <laughs> yesterday was a terrible, terrible day. Was it yesterday that you broke it or the day before? Well, the reason I broke my toe was because I had aspirated stomach acid into my lungs and was coughing and choking so hard that I fell out of my bed, then crawled to the, then tried to run to the bathroom because I was just going to throw up. Yeah. Um, because my lungs were burning from the acid in them. And then I stubbed my toe and broke it on the way to the bathroom. I, I, <laughs> it I, was the worst. And this was at 7 a.m. And the day did not improve from that point. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like a slapstick comedy. Except if nobody I'm, was fucking laughing. <laughs> if, I'm sure that looking back on it, I find it pretty hilarious. I'm like, really? And then that happened? And then that happened on top of that? Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I had, and I'm I, alive, so it's okay. I had a girlfriend who would always joke, like, at the most just awful moment, she'd go, well, if this is going to be funny later... Yep. I might as well find it funny now. That's what I try to do. <laughs> like when I'm doing this and I'm just failing and flailing around and yeah. Um, uh, in the vein of horror, I've had some terrible luck. I, you know, for every endless out there, I watched, um, uh, what was it? Marrowbone. And then I watched this mm. week, I watched Wildling, which mm. I had primarily watched because it had Stephen Dwarf in it. Right. And it was this... Um, 
Yeah, I kind saw of gave a trailer the hint for it. It looked like it might be interesting. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And it was not... It, it wasn't terrible, <clears throat> but that's really damning it with faint praise. Um, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't very great. It wasn't even terribly yeah. good. Yeah. And then at the very end of it, this like rock ballad starts um, with the title of Wildling, which if you're going to have a rock <laughs> ballad a at the end. too on the nose, you think? A little too, yeah. And yeah, not well, good enough. And not a good rock ballad. Not, not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this week I have watched. Well, in preparation for this, I watched. Um, I rewatched Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was Black Christmas. I always get those confused because of the That's, holidays. Well, yes. And I realized the last time I had seen Black Christmas must have been the year it came out in the drive-in. That's hysterical. I watched Black Christmas a long time ago, but it was I watched it as an adult. Um, and then I actually watched the remake and I remember just laughing because I was like, this just isn't the same without Mm -mm. Margot Kidder screaming fuck at every single opportunity. Like it it really seems, it seems lacking (laughs) for this very specific reason. (laughs) Yeah. Um, in lighter notes, uh, watched Hotel Transylvania 3, which. Oh, I want to see that so much. I would happily go see it again. Um, (laughs) it is, they are definitely, as you hit. Hotel Transylvania 2 uh-huh. and Hotel Transylvania 3. They are definitely lessening in quality because the first one is yeah, just yeah, so much goddamn charming fun. as hell. And they're so sweet. And I loved having these modern day cartoons that um, introduced my daughter to all of the Universal Monsters. Uh-huh. And so she's got this basis there so that in a couple of years I'm going to be like, hey. There's this movie called Monster Squad. Oh, actually, I want to show it that this year yeah. for Halloween. And then, you know, eventually start showing a lot of the black and white movies. Sure. You know, um, and uh, not horror, uh, but uh, Jim and I had been waiting for it. Well, we just kind of kept waiting for the opportunity, but we didn't want to pay too much for it. Uh, watched Game Night. Oh, you know, I hear that's wonderful. It is charming. I have mm-hmm. really enjoyed the last couple of things that I have seen. Um, uh, can't remember his name. Oh, his name's Jason Bateman. Yes. Um, and the reason why I it, always remember him and Justine Bateman right. is 80s. <laughs> um, but no, the other movie that I've seen, it was, you know, like a year and a half ago, but I watched The Gift that he was in. And did you watch that? No, it sounded awful to me. The premise is kind of terrifying. It's it's a guy who runs into somebody from high school. And the guy was kind of never nerdy in high school. And, you know, um, Bateman is very much, um, was the very popular guy in high school. And you, oh, I have kitties and they're snuggling. Uh, Maggie has to have a tooth pulled and she's kind of in a lot of pain and so she's on she's really really super heavy doped up she's, and she's a very snuggly cat she's <laughs> she's feeling absolutely no pain right now i know poor kitty yeah because they can't do like anti-inflammatories for cats it it fucks mm-hmm. up yeah. their kidneys and aspirin will kill them yes so the only thing i can give them is opioids and it's a pretty heavy dose of opioids poor kitty she's like yeah all the psychedelic and i got a vita playing right now over oh, and over in kitty. her head <laughs> but uh game night was a whole lot of fun i really liked the gift um it leaves you guessing at the end of exactly how far things have gone um it is a very dread-filled movie is um, it i thought it was a love story no no what happens is he well uh so in there's a couple movies the called the gift so in the gift, he runs into this guy from high school, and he he kind of starts trying to interject himself into he and his wife's life. And uh, Bateman and his wife are trying to get pregnant. Um, he's really a go getter. He's like super successful, and this guy that he ran into from high school, not so much. Um, and then as things progress, you end up realizing that well, he's presenting himself as this really great, you know, the popular nice guy from high school, you end up finding out, no, he was kind of a fuck. And and there's a little bit of revenge. How okay. far does the revenge go? Okay. It's Never really mind. left open to interpretation. Um and it's just 
what would you do if somebody had really ruined your life in high school? Like, how far would you go to pay them I'm not back? allowed to talk about that for legal reasons. <laughs> so, uh, that's kind of what I've seen. I uh, really liked a lot of it. Um, so, for this week's episode, we have decided to go with our absolutely favorite final girls. And... I am having, <laughs> I'm having so much trouble because we're really trying to okay. limit it. So we talk. Whereas I'm like, I really dislike Final Girls. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to find five that I could, because the, I, I feel like the idea really of Final, Final Girls, Girls is a sexist idea to start it with. It absolutely is, because it's and more like a guy's idea of like that hot, cool chick. Yep. Exactly. And, and it, it gets on my nerves. It does. And that's why a lot of my final girls aren't so much final girls, but they very much are in basic definition because sure. they are. But my favorites, I think the only one that I'm going to just throw out there and not really even talk about the movie that much, um, just because it's been so thoroughly covered in prior episodes, is <laughs> I love the movie Final Girls. Right. I knew you were going to talk about mm-hmm. that. And I, but I'm, I'm really not, because it's, it's really been covered, and very honestly... It is. We've talked about it a lot. It's a good movie. I liked it. You didn't... You, you, like, Jilly and I, like, that, that movie is just... It touches this parenthood and motherhood. Um, our mother's... Um, thing for us that isn't so much of a trigger for you. And so we just cried through the entire goddamn movie and you're just like, that was really good. I didn't start the River of Tears for me. (laughs) It seemed to for you guys. I am a tough customer when it comes to Rivers of Tears. Yes. I really like it because it's it's written by... very good at compartmentalizing. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Have you caught up on Steven Universe? Oh my God, that fucking episode killed me. (laughs) I am so Pearl. Um, What I do really like is it was co-written by um, Jason John Miller, or Joshua John Miller, uh, who is, um, he was the the young boy in um, Near Dark. Oh, that's right. I knew yes. that. And his um, father was, I can't remember his name, but he played Karis in uh, The Exorcist. Yeah. And he had a really kind of rocky relationship with his formerly famous, but, you know, not so famous towards the end of his life, mm-hmm. father. And then he died. And how do you deal with that? Yeah. And so that's what um, really inspired that movie and the, the script itself and the movie. And um, that really touched me. So I want to know, so other than that, that's like, that's the closest kind of to Final Girl. Yeah. That's in that true definition. All yeah, the rest yeah, yeah. of mine are outside of that. So give me your Final Girl. One Z- of my favorite Final <laughs> Girls is Jess from the previously mentioned Black Christmas, which I just, or yeah, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Which I just watched. <laughs> and the reason that I like Jess is because the first, her first line in the movie, after they get out of the house to her boyfriend, is, I'm pregnant with your child, and I'm going to have an abortion. That is her first line to him, and he's like, well, don't I get a say in this? And she's like, it's my body. And it's amazing to me, yes! and that's, he go, He becomes the killer. He ends up at the end of the movie, they find out he's the killer. I thought it was and, open to interpretation, that, that they catch someone, and then they say... Maybe that wasn't him. Yeah, they show a, a camera lurking around the basement the way that he was. Yeah. But she kills her boyfriend at the end. Yeah. And a lot of it is him yelling at her about, don't kill our baby, don't kill our baby, and trying to control her life. Ugh. Like, even... I need to give that Even a if he's not murdering everybody in the house, he's still trying to manipulate her into marrying him. And there's this great scene where she... Where he says, no, I'm going to quit. I'm going to leave the conservatory and I'm going to marry you and we're going to have a family. And she says, do you remember our first date when we talked about all of our hopes and dreams? And you said your biggest dream was to be a concert pianist. And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, if you give up on your dream, you're taking mine away. Because she does not want to marry and she doesn't want to settle down. She wants to have a full life. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's for a really terrible, dumb slasher film. It's got some really, it makes some really good points. So I really like her. She's played by Olivia Hussey. Yeah, who is a real actress. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got that that movie has a really good cast in it. Yeah. So and you know, it's like I I know people who 
that's one of those movies they watch every year. Like once a year, yep, they it's pull people's that Christmas out. movie. They yeah. rent it. Yep. So I I've only watched it once, and I to be really honest, I would like to watch it as the adult I am now. Yeah. Versus probably the very early right, twenty like something. Yeah, when I, I saw it, it was back in the seventies when it was in theaters. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it again, but I always remembered her character, which is why I put her on my list of final girls. So what do you got? I have got, like two years ago, it was my number one movie and, and nobody would have thought it because uh, it wasn't by any means mm-hmm. anybody else's favorite movie that year. And it was Let Us Pray. Oh, yeah. I adore that movie. I love every, I think everybody is so good in it. It's got everything from, and it, what happens is this woman and, and it's Pollyanna Macintosh, and she plays uh, Rachel Higgy. Right, and she is a police she's, officer she's, in a small precinct, and yep. she's the only woman. And she she's takes not some... the only woman because remember, there's the other, there's the two cops that are having an affair, and one of them's you know, oh yeah, the woman. yeah. So basically, what happens is she's going into this new job. She's brand new police officer, and she's female, and she's going into this new kind of small town, and it is just a cesspit. There is nobody there that is working in this police department in Scotland. No, they're all suck and they're all gross. They're all gross. They're horrible people. Yeah, they're horrible people. And um, basically, as she's driving into town, she sees this man get hit by a car. Except the man disappears. And so she she snags the guy who's the the teenage boy who's driving the Mm -hmm. car, who hits, hits the guy, drags him into the police department. The, the, like head man there like immediately knows who this kid is because yeah. the guy's just nothing yeah. but fucking trouble and you know hits him a couple of times uh which then he promptly vomits all over both of their right. shoes and then they incarcerate him and there's already like somebody else in jail i mean it's this small town yeah basically, it's basically a bottle everybody... episode of a show everything takes place in this jail in the course of like three hours because yeah. it is basically um, it's a the... one night shift yep the four hours coming up on midnight. And so, but the guy who was hit by the car just disappears. And an hour or so later, they find him. But he's not terribly injured. And it's basically um, how how depraved are all the different people that mm-hmm. are in there and incarcerated there between the cops and the, the people. The teenage drunk driver who's probably hit people before. The guy who the, the guy who beats his wife. The wife beaters in another cell. And, and uh, the, the doctor who comes in who is, I think, a child molester. Oh, that's right. And it is just... It is... It's a really good movie. It connects all those disparate elements really well. It's got and a claustrophobic really feel. Good. It's very the claustrophobic, is really very good. dread, because you don't know what's happening. And, and it, it has hits... a really good twist at the ending, which I don't know if we're going to talk about. No, because I really don't like spoiling things. Yeah. And um, it keeps you guessing. There's a lot of dread, and it hits this huge crescendo, because it is very much epic, huge, bloody, and wonderful at the end. And it's not. that's not typically what I normally go for. But it just does it all so well. And because it's happening to such terrible people, you can really kind of delight in their downfalls. So I just absolutely loved it. And the thing I love the most about it, it is kind of spoilery, but I, it is it is my absolute favorite part, is there are so many times where women are offered the opportunity to be wrathful and to 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 and and it is always the expectation that they'll go no no i couldn't mm-hmm. you know you know i've got to forgive and right it, it it is one of those moments where at the end she says no i will i will help you you know make shit yeah, like let's this, burn go this place away. down yeah yeah let's stop people like this and you're like, okay. Like, the fact, like, I was just, hallelujah, because I was just like, thank you. Like, <laughs> That's the part we were trying not to spoil. I Sorry, it's too late. I, I did say, I'm sorry, I gotta spoil it. So, it is just, I absolutely fucking love it. I love it when women find their strength. 
Mm-hmm. And and it's a true strength and not just titillating. <laughs> you know? There will be some... We are in the basement because it's cooler down here. But yes. There is so if you hear some upstairs. creaking from the roof, don't worry. It's just roof creaks. And aliens. It's not aliens. It's not aliens. But it's aliens. <laughs> so what's your next movie? Um... You just said you don't like big bloody endings, so my next movie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've only seen the original. Two. And I've Texas never seen Chainsaw two. Chainsaw Massacre 2 is a very, very, very different movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre... What is the very famous character actor that's in it? Do you remember his name? No. no. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up while you're talking, but anyway, go I, I can't remember what I was going to say. You just derailed my thought. Texas Chainsaw... Okay, I'm back. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a successful and important historical movie because it brought a cinema verite sensibility to horror. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. The original, yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 throws that out of the middle, throws that out the window, and becomes kind of a weird high-energy slapstick comedy of sorts. Um, But the final girl in that is a woman named Stretch. She's a radio DJ. Thinking of Mosley, who plays Chop Top. Yeah. He's charming as all get out. I oh, I know. Him. I've met him mul- multiple times. He's a very uh, sweet man. Yeah. Anyway, you were saying. So, she's a radio DJ who happens to accidentally get a recording of some guys being killed by Leatherface. Huh. S- there's a crazed lawman named Lefty. Okay. And Lefty, his brother was killed by the family years ago, and Lefty is out for revenge. Um, so she has this recording proving that the car accident was actually people being killed with a chainsaw. She brings it to him, and he's like, play it on the radio. I'll come to the, I'll stay at the radio station. That'll attract the family. And so she does, and Lefty doesn't show up. So it's just her and Chop Top and Leatherface in this tiny, crappy radio station running around, walls being sawed down. And although it's not specifically played for laughs, people who were huge fans of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre were pretty angry about it hmm. when it first came out. They hated it. Uh, Bill Mosley's character never stops talking and moving. He's got a metal plate in his skull. And I don't know if this is Toby Hooper's work or Bill Mosley's, but every minute he's on screen, he is doing a piece of business of some sort. Whether he's digging around in his wig using a coat hanger to scratch his uh to scratch the edge of his metal plate or using a corpse as some kind of ventriloquist dummy for no reason. That's horrible. It is just, <laughs> the movie is just completely over the top, and it's so close to being a trauma film. It is, it is almost a trauma film. It's like, a, if they, if trauma had more money, that's what they would have made. And I love this film. And one of the reasons I love it is because, first off, Stretch is the only person in the movie who has even a shred of sanity. There's her as the DJ and a guy that's her engineer. And she is... Everyone in this movie is a raving maniac. The sanest person in the Leatherface family is a guy who runs a catering truck and always wins chili cook-offs because he's got the best meat. Ew! (laughs) Yeah, it's like a gross-out trauma film. So, but I mean, she survives it- the entire film, and she has to fight off every one of them and deal with Lefty, whose decision is that he's just going to come out with a chainsaw and cut down the amusement park they live in. Mm-hmm. So he's just running around screaming with a chainsaw and cutting the supports out of the building. She, Leatherface falls in love with her and and won't kill her. But he does horrible things, like he makes her wear her f- best friend's face. He cuts off her best friend, the, the her best male friend's face, and makes her wear it as a mask, and dance around with him. And at the end of the movie, which I think is one of my favorite culminating shots of a movie, 
it is Stretch standing on top of this giant mountain that was part of the amusement park they lived in with the chainsaw after she's killed everybody that's tried to get her. And she's doing the crazy chainsaw dance. And it's awesome. That is amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, is it... And she feels like a real character, and no one else in the movie feels like a real person, even by any stretch of the imagination. But she feels like someone you would actually meet. Um, and I like that. Okay, then. So, there's that. Um, this is a movie that I had meant to put on my list and I forgot and then as we're talking I remembered it so I'm just gonna 10 Cloverfield Lane (gasps) Michelle is her name Mm -hmm. I fucking love that movie though um, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to watch it it's like Pan's Labyrinth Um, I watched Pan's Labyrinth when it came out and I remember it it emotionally hurting me and then I tried to watch it uh, for the fairy tale I did watch it and came to the realization I will yeah, never can't watch that I will movie. never fucking watch that movie again. I don't know if I can ever I, watch Ten Cloverfield Lane. I again. love Ten Cloverfield Lane so much. Uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead is the person is the you're actress? thinking of. She's the one you and McGregor ran off with. Oh. I know. She could do so much better. <laughs> um well no, it's just the character's name is Michelle, but I didn't remember right, the, yeah, the actress's that's name. That's the actress's name. Um John Goodman. Is fantastic in that movie. John Goodman is fantastic in everything. And that movie, John Goodman makes that movie. He does. With anyone else in that role, I don't think it would have been nearly as good. He is... And John Gallagher Jr. is fucking amazing in that movie. I have really grown to love him. He has done three horror movies Hmm. in the last couple of years. And he is just a really good actor. He was also uh, had a um, kind of a... Oh, he was probably really one of the main characters in the newsroom um, that came out a couple of years ago, which was from the creator of uh, West Wing. Uh, yeah, do. I don't. I know that. I know yeah. the show, but and I, it's, I it, don't like that guy. I don't like that West Wing guy. Oh, <laughs> that West Wing guy. He did that. He did Sports Night, West yeah. Wing, all those shows where people walk around and talk but don't ever say anything. <laughs> all those shows drive me nuts. Monty oh, I, loves I love them, them all. <laughs> I know. You and Monty can talk about him. Um, but 10 Cloverfield Lane is very... And the reason why it was so gutting for me is that was my stepfather. Is wow. is the guy That's who... so scary. That guy who would make jokes and laugh and then all of a sudden turn on you and hit mm-hmm. you for no reason. Um, and it's... I started seeing the signs and it started making me tense. And then when when John Goodman gets very frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as the movie was ending, like, I started shaking. I started shaking so badly that um, I almost dropped my phone. And, like, I had to go and sit down uh, while Jim went to the restroom after the movie was over because I, I mm-hmm. almost couldn't stand. Um, but he is. He's terrifying because only he can be that charming yeah, he's that he's nice guy when he's charming, charming he's just a family guy and he's lovable and then all of a sudden he's fucking you can't leave this place you know you can't leave this place yeah it's terrifying absolutely he's terrifying. so good he, in that yeah he does it so well um and anybody who hasn't seen 10 cloverfield lane and there are people who bitch about its place in the cloverfield universe Oh, whatever. Um, I just... There is no such thing as the Cloverfield universe. Now that they made that ridiculous Cloverfield Chronicles inc- thing on Netflix. Inc- incident, or the... The Cloverfield Incident. Cro- something. It, boy, that was fucking awful. That was awful. It was really terrible. There is no Cloverfield universe. There are only I want there to be a Cloverfield universe. That the- have Cloverfield in the name. <laughs> they are related in no other way. <laughs> but, again, what I love so much is... She is a woman who is running away from everything. And at the end, she chooses not to run away. And and I love, I love that. Yeah. And, and that you can be torn down. And like Hannah Gatsby said, there's nothing more dangerous than a broken woman who has rebuilt herself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so bringing that back. 
<laughs> so what's your next movie? Um, my next movie is going to be Terminator 2, and my final girl is going to be Sarah Connor. We're talking about broken women who have rebuilt themselves. I have seen the pictures... Because they are talking oh, yeah. about I'm the doing one that a new one. Those. Did you? My God, she looks fucking amazing. Yeah, Linda Hamilton. My goodness, I want to grow up to be her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That whole thing of there's nothing more dangerous than a broken woman who has rebuilt herself. That's what she's been doing. Yeah, she has been locked up and she has been waiting and preparing. Yeah, and I love that. Because a lot of the times when you get a woman that is a final girl and the movie ends, you'd never find out what happened to her. Yeah. And I love that in this, she comes back and she is more badass Mm -hmm. from what she experienced and what she's gone through and what she knows. And did it emotionally break some things in her? Yes, it Mm -hmm. absolutely did. Oh, yeah. She is is not the same woman that answered the door. No. She is not. Um, so, yeah. Oh. Um, and I'm just going to, like, this is another movie that I have discussed, but um, I laughed so much when I said, you're next, because... I knew you were going to say you're next. I fucking love you're next. I love it. And I and <laughs> I, I love Sharni Vincent's Aaron. And, and that... And, again, it's another woman who... Uh, you know, maybe she could have uh, been a little more forgiving... At the end, and she's like, fuck no. No, you crossed the line. There's... Yeah. No, no, you brought violence to the table. Let me show you violence. Have you seen The Woman? I haven't. That I don't think I can watch that movie. Oh my god, it's so good. I've, I've heard that, and I really like the actress, whose name is not coming to me yeah. right now. But isn't it... Oh, it just... Isn't it really kind of... They... Don't they... They find a woman's... What they think is a corpse? No. Or no, they find a feral woman and a they bring her woman. home to try and domesticate her. Oh, but the family that brings her home, the father really is super that. abusive and crazy. Yeah, so he's preaching the Bible to her while he's torturing her, and okay. things don't go well for him. Good. <laughs> And it's a very, very strange movie. I still... And I really liked it. But if... Yeah. You don't, can't do the torture stuff as much. Mm. Yeah. I, I remember when watching... Um, this is a little spoilery, but I'm going to try not to get too detailed. But uh, with my, you know, good comment mm-hmm. is, is with the ending of Ex Machina. I just remember Jim looking at me going, well, don't you think that that was a step too far? And I looked at him and I was like... No. Nope. Not really. Nope. Nope. That's that, fine. I'm, I'm really cool with it. it. Really, really okay with it. Yep. But, but that seemed kind of except. Yeah. No, don't care. Yeah. Sorry. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go a little bit lighter. Okay. In my. Oh, wait. Did I? No, I just. It was my. It's your turn. I will go lighter in a moment. Is it your turn? I just did your because next. But I, I, I'm not going to talk really about it too much. I don't have anything much on my Oh, list my God, left. I have so much more left. Then you go next, and so, I will talk about... Really yeah. briefly, I'm going to talk about, just because, again, we have um, John Gallagher Jr. making an appearance. Mm-hmm. I adore Maddie uh, from Hush, which I know you weren't terribly fond of. Am I, am I misremembering that? Uh, I didn't like Hush. Okay. I thought the character was fine. Uh-huh. I just didn't like the movie overall. Yeah. It felt like a really, to me, it felt like a generic stalker film, except that she's deaf. But I didn't think that really made much of a difference in the genericness of it for me. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved how the story changing had to change. Um, It brought me back to so many of those movies in the 80s where so many of the problems weren't solved by having a cell phone, Mm -hmm. about having communication. Um, It very much simplified in the way that. Yeah, I liked that part. I liked the way that she had to use technology differently because yes. she couldn't call anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and also it's that um, there is there is a moment fairly early on where she's, she's begging him to go because she hasn't seen his face. And that is truly one of the scariest moments to me in the mm. entire movie. Yeah, you um, can go. I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you. I can't describe you. You can go. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it, he takes it, it, the it, mask it, off. Yeah. And and on top of it, with taking that mask off, and and by and very much in, mm-hmm. in his own way saying to her, I am very willing to have you see me because I'm going to fucking kill you yeah. tonight. Yeah. Um, is the fact that he's not terrifying. He is just this kind of he's nebbish... normal looking dude. You know, the scary fucking nebbish looking white guy yep. out there that, yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed the ride of it. Um, and they, they did have that moment of unreliable narrator... Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the beginning, she's talking about how she has to think through every single scenario before she, because she's a writer. Right. And as she's right. writing, she has to think about all the different scenarios and what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment of unreliable narrator in the movie. Yeah, which, where she's thinking through a scenario and we're seeing it. But then there's moments later on where you think perhaps this is going to be an unreliable narrator. And no, that's just fucking mm-hmm. what's going on. And it just, I never got angry at it for the choices it made. Um, as violent and as horrible as it got along the way, it it never lost me, and I really enjoyed the whole thing. Um, I'm gonna throw two movies out because they're both played by Micah Monroe. Um, I'm gonna throw out um, the guest, and she plays Anna Peterson. The guest, and in It Follows, she plays. Oh, oh, Jay. okay. I remember the guest. It's got that dude. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, I love, yeah, I love, I love It Follows. I didn't like the guest very much. I did it. To me, it seemed like those fun, over-the-top 80s movies, along along with the soundtrack, the synth score. Right, that's where the guy comes and he's like, I was a friend of your son Sons, in the army. And he died, and I was with him when he died. Right. And he so wanted me to come back yeah. and make sure you're okay. And, um... I just, I loved the family relationship. I loved the nerdy gay younger brother. And Anna is this complete new goth girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who's a little lost. You know, she's reached adulthood and doesn't quite know what to do and is floundering as an adult. And in what she goes through in that movie finds her way and finds out what she really cares about, what's really important to her. True. Um, I just really enjoyed both of them, and I, I loved It Follows. Um, I loved It Follows, too. That is a scary movie. Yes. Because some choices follow you for the rest of your life. Oh. <laughs> no. What sweet kitties. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, these are movies that I've talked about in the past. Um, but she has made such a wonderful final girl that I wanted to make yeah. sure that I mentioned her. Um, See, you watch many more horror films than I do. Oh, you watch a lot more everything films than I do. It's true, <laughs> but I don't specifically watch horror films. I I am way behind on horror films made in the last several years. Most yeah. of the stuff I've watched is from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So I am really just having a hard time. And the thing is, it's like when you bring up in like horror communities and uh-huh. say, you know, I need some new movies, they go 10 years back. And I'm like, I am, I've seen, like, I watch, I'm watching horror and I watch uh-huh. documentaries. Those are my two right. big things that I watch. And then you throw in, I also watch a lot of classic. Uh-huh. Um, but. I'm having trouble this year. There's been a couple of really, really good things, but there has been that usual glut of terrible things. Of Thank you, Netflix. Just... <laughs> um, I want to bring up Wreck. Um, because oh, yeah, yeah. the uh, Angela. Um, mm-hmm. Is that? I'm making sure I'm writing this down. Manuela. Yeah, it's Angela Vidal. Vidal um, is a uh, TV journalist. And mm-hmm. she's doing she this stuck in absolute... the building when a zombie outbreak happens. Yep. And the thing is, I love the entire series. I love. I the have only seen the first series. One. So the first one's really great. The second one, it kind of does almost that Insidious one, Insidious two, where the two stories yeah, yeah. really weave together in the first right. and second. I know movie. that the second movie opens at the exact second that the first movie yep. ends. So it's like a, it's a, just a, it from is. that moment, continuation. With going back a little bit and showing some of the other things that happened. It's right. Really I need to watch both of those weaving. back to back. 
and because I really do like Wreck. I just I have not seen it. And then and then you get to Wreck Three, which a lot of the people who really love the first two hate because it goes absolutely blotto silly. Right, like and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two does. It does, and it's but it's a fucking blast. It is so much fun, and it and it starts out with that um, found footage aspect. Mm-hmm. Third of the way in, it just drops it and tells a story for the rest of the movie. Mm. And you know, every once in a while, there's a found footage movie that drops the found footage premise, and it works. I'm not going to say it works every time, but there's a couple of them that yeah, have done it. Where I'm very. I don't like found footage movies, so I'm very picky about them. There's only a couple of them that I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, another one that I can think of that drops the the, the idea of the um, being found footage and goes straight into being a film again is uh, the, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I have not seen that. Um, which, again, you know, another final girl, but... Not enough to be on. That's not that's not on my list. I mean, I love that movie. But I have it at home on my coffee table. I was going to try and watch it today, but I was dying from heat. It was too hot. And I don't, I don't give a shit what you people out there that aren't in Seattle and are like, it's not that hot. I'm sorry. Wherever you are that's really fucking hot, you have air conditioning. Like, it's just hot here. <laughs> and, and the rest of the year in Seattle ill prepares you for these moments of, like, 90 degrees. Yeah. 90 degrees. I mean, I used to live in Oklahoma. I know what 110 degrees feels like or 120 degrees. And it just feels worse here. And you know what? It feels no different. To me, it doesn't feel different from 90 degrees. I think once you get too hot, you're too hot. (laughs) There's not levels of that after you reach your... You can reach a point of misery and that's it. You reach your point. Yeah. We've reached our point of misery. We're too hot. Completely has nothing to do with um, horror movies, but they had an interesting uh, story on, (laughs) I think it was on NPR, because I'm old and I listen to NPR, but it was talking about how um, in a lot of the factories in India, they don't use air conditioning. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, they hit points of the year where it's like 117 degrees. Yeah. And they say there is that point where it gets to be too hot. It's around 85. Yep. And um, for every degree hotter than that you lose three percentage points of productivity because people cannot function and they can't function well and they can't function safely it 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 wrecks your brain and so what they have started doing is what they're they've been replacing lights with led uh yeah led lights which are not keeps cooler and people's like they've They've kept the productivity higher so that people mm. are suffering less, and it pays for itself. Um, because they, they're just such big yeah. factories, they can't afford to right. air condition them. Um, but yeah, it was really funny. Um, I work for a large conglomerate that has a lot of stuff in India, and one of my coworkers went and did some training there, training some mm-hmm. stuff there. And the week after he left... Um, it was around 117 to 123, yeah. and you hit these points where people call out sick because it's just too hot to go anywhere, yeah. and their buildings aren't air conditioned. So people just call in that they can't, oh my God. they can't function, yeah. they can't do things, yeah, because they're living in hell, <laughs> literally with lava flowing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's devils and pitchforks somewhere because <laughs> it's just too fucking hot. Yep. Um, I've only got two left. Uh. I feel bad because I'm, I'm well. I, I'm hogging all of. No, me. I want someone to talk because I, <laughs> I have the only two I have left are Ripley, oh, and Laurie Strode from yeah. Halloween. That's all I yes. got. See, I didn't bring up Laurie and I didn't bring up Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street because they are the. Final I know, girls. I know, but I don't watch a lot of movies with final girls in them, and, and I was and desperate, Ripley. and I was googling and. And Ripley ain't a final girl. She's a final fucking woman. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just Jim's going to. I I like not only did That's I okay. cackle. Not only did I cackle, but I leaned in on that cackling. <laughs> That's not that bad. <laughs> um, so the really lighter movie that I'm going to bring up is Undead. Have you oh, ever damn. seen the Australian movie Undead? Wait. Yes. It's kind of a goofy. It is evil- just 
goofy shit. Oh my god, it's so Where they're so stuck goofy. in the town and I there's call... that wall and they yes. can't get past the wall. Yes. And there's zombies everywhere. You gotta tell me, Fish Queen, are you a fighter or are you fish food? Yep. <laughs> that guy wants to be Ash so much. He did. I called him Neo in the Dell. Yeah. he's wearing that farmer's hat. Yeah, he's Neo in the Dell. Yeah. And it's just silly and That schlocky. is a silly movie and it's schlocky and fun. And, and she's... Again, you know what I liked about that movie? I had no idea what was going to happen in it next. Yep. And there then, are and twists and turns end, that you're like, there's really? There's so many twists and turns. And then it completely throws you for a loop at the, with the finale. Yeah, From you're like, edge, wait, you're like, this was what? hell? Yeah. And then... I, I love wanted, that movie. I wanted to do... I wanted to do a cosplay of the final shot of that movie so badly. And I'm not going to spoil it here, but I'll tell you after, after, we, <laughs> okay. after we end the podcast. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very silly. It's very Australian. And I think one of the... I, I love a final girl who starts out as this silly, aimless girl and finds her strength and becomes a badass. And, and I just I, like badasses. And you just like badasses. Well, I like badasses too. Hello, Erin. You know, from <laughs> your neck. She's just a fucking badass. Um, but, you know, honestly, I love I love seeing women grow. And, and there's so many of these where they're just unapologetically strong. Um, and my very last one I'm going to bring up is, um, I meant to mention this at the beginning, but it's a wonderful wrap-up. Okay. Um, to the whole thing. I'll bring it. I am going on a gothic novel bender. Um, I'm listening to, I'm reading some, I'm listening mm-hmm. to a lot of them on audiobook. Um, and then I laughed today because I put up, I put up a gif of, um, uh, you know, three books in on my gothic mm-hmm. novel bender. The bottom line is always, you know, Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost going, girl, or no, you in danger. Girl. I saw that. Yeah. Because that's it. They're they're like, I'm going to marry this man. You're in danger, He's girl. He's dark and mysterious. <laughs> You're in danger, and girl. Me. I know. His name is Heathcliff. <laughs> so one of the things um, I listen to, because uh, Jilly loves, Jillian Venters of Gothic Charm School, loves her some some movie novelizations. She just, especially well, the she really just schlocky the, ones. She just loves Gothic novels. She just loves Gothic, period. Well yeah. well, yeah. I think, well, we, I think that's too. fair to say. Um, but she loved the novelization that they did of Crimson Peak. I have that, and I haven't had time to read it yet. It's so good, and I, I, I listen to it. Because the thing is, it's like, I do a job where I am just, I'm going over spreadsheets. I'm auditing things. And I can listen to audiobooks yeah. as I'm doing this. Yeah. So I love my Audible account. I listen to a lot of stuff. So I listen to the Crimson Peak novelization. Mm-hmm. Um. I just started Woman in Black because I've never read the the book. I've never read the. I've seen the movie. Um, I just read. Um, uh, my brain has just utterly gone blank. Yeah, I just. To heat. <laughs> it's hot. Uh, Dragon Wick, which is slightly different than the movie version. That's the one with Vincent Price, right? It is. And I think oh, he's Jean Tierney. So lovely. Oh, that. he is so pretty. It is. It's Vincent and, Price and Jean Tierney. And um, uh, Dragonwick was one of the things that Guillermo del Toro mentions is his primary. Mm-hmm. And actually, some of the furniture, I believe, is from the set of Dragonwick mm-hmm. in Crimson Peak. So, Edith, um, I love Edith in Crimson Peak. Uh, she was on my list, and then I took her off because I decided that gothic heroines aren't final girls arbitrarily in my brain. Well, I decided but, differently. <laughs> um, you know, and what's kind of funny is I love the sister, that fucking wicked sister. Oh, yeah. I love her as much as I love Edith. I mean, I definitely she, want Edith to live. Up. She's messed up. She is messed up. She's a broken, horrible woman that is very, very willing to do what needs to be done mm-hmm. and has since she's a child. She's a broken, horrible woman. But in the end, I kind of respect that. She has a lot of strength. And uh, yeah, because I mean, she's completely browbeaten her brother her entire life. Mm-hmm. She owns what, him. Yeah. And is responsible for her father's death, her mother's death, uh, Edith's father. Yeah. 
Like there is just and well, uh, and three other wives and three other wives that you know it really hurt him when they were they were you know breathing their lasts because it was such a painful death with the poisons that they'd used that you know yeah he would leave and just let his sister take care of things because he couldn't even fucking kill a dog he's a man baby he was he was a man baby but Um, the ladies love him (laughs) because he's a gothic love interest now i just completely and utterly spoiled crimson pig for you and i'm very sorry but it's so fucking good and you should watch it anyway it's just seen it it's beautiful crimson peak is so gorgeously beautiful and it I is love everything about the ghosts it. in it are so beautifully designed and i love the ghosts he portrays such a young beautiful vincent or are they being sweet they just kissed each other oh. on the nose my kitties they love each other when they're not hitting each other Okay, sorry, I just saw Kitty kiss another kitty on the nose, and it did distract me from Crimson Peak. They are siblings, and they love each other very much, until Maggie decides that Max has pissed her off, and then she hits him. You're a complicated woman, Maggie. She is. Nobody nobody knows me but my brother. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful and wonderful, and I absolutely love it. And the the wonderful thing about the novelization is is uh the house gets its own chapters the oh house, cool i know the house is very much a character in the film is i'm looking it is forward utterly to a character in the novelization um and it has opinions on things and it uh <laughs> they, they handle it really well good i'm looking so, forward to reading it yeah i just it has been on my to read shelf for a while yeah um i'm reading a lot of things for the night library podcast i you know what you guys uh, said you were reading salem's lot we and just so finished the salem's lot one we just i just uploaded. listened to it it was fantastic i <laughs> i love your podcast so much um <laughs> now everybody knows my address <laughs> oh crap <laughs> it's okay i don't think i have any stalkers <laughs> Um, well, we did not say it was at your house. You didn't, but now they know. If we listen to both of them, now they do. Um, I'm not worried. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've been I've been uh, struggling a little bit trying to find movies to watch. Um, I started. I watched episode one of uh, on not movies. I watched episode one of Luke, the new Luke Cage season, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I absolutely love it, and I've I've told Jim that if he doesn't sit his butt down and watch the next season with me, that I am just going to start watching my watching it myself because it is very yes. much the uh, I, the Shades and Mariah show, and I am I am all in. I am so so ridiculously excited about that. There's going to be a new season of Clone Wars. Oh, but my situation. Yes. Is that my boyfriend has not watched the old seasons of Clone Wars yet. And he keeps saying, I'm going to watch all the Clone Wars. And then he starts them, and he gets about one season in, and then he falters. And then he just and then just goes And away. then he's like, oh, let's watch clone, some Clone Wars. And I'm like, well, I've already watched them all three times at this point because of waiting you need, for him. You need to get on that by yourself. And so I haven't been able to watch Rebels because I'm waiting for him to get through Clone Wars. No, you just need to watch Rebels. Because I haven't... I've seen, like, a couple... I, I have done that... Um curated but he gets mad but not mad mad isn't the word but he wants to watch rebels with me and you can i keep watching and when i'm watching rebels much of my watching is oh my god you should have seen that guy in clone wars he was so amazing and that so there's that see but that doesn't bother me because i've 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 seen a very curated version of clone wars where Uh i've seen probably a a good 10 episodes yeah and then i watched rebels and rebels is amazing and so, but I didn't feel like I was locking anything because, you know, some stuff would happen. We'd go back and watch like one <laughs> episode of Clone Wars and then, you know, they're very different. I know. Though, though there's a lot of character crossover. So anyway, there's your horror podcast. There's so, your horror podcast. We're excited. So. About, I'm excited about Clone Wars. I don't know if Jen is because it's not her thing. But oh my God, new Clone Wars. I probably will be excited about it because I absolutely loved Rebels and I just want more Star Wars. Give me all the Star Wars. All right. You can have all the Star Wars. Give me some Star Wars. I can't live without it. Well, we're surrounded by Star Wars. We're (laughs) surrounded by uh, all of of Jim's um, Star Wars 
toys and stuff came over from his parents' house because they just moved to Las Vegas. So we've got a giant fucking Adat over on the. He 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 uh Adat bragged and 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 shamed Rias for the the smaller size of her Adat. <laughs> Anyhow, but mine is more detailed. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> All right. You guys have a wonderful two weeks or have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Stay cool. <laughs> Don't Read the Latin can be found at DontReadTheLatin.com on Twitter at DRTL Podcast on Tumblr or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>